hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Outside In Radio Show with me, Amber. And me, Freya. Thanks for tuning in. Today's headline is about the UK not granting the EU ambassador full diplomatic status. And for our key political concept, Ruby and Freya are looking at presidential government. And for our main segment today, we're talking about toxic positivity and some ideas of things for you to do in lockdown. But first, our good news story of the week. The executive branch of the Iranian government has approved a bill which protects women from domestic violence and has been a result of long-standing women's activism. The bill also revolves, resolves to set aside more psychological support in the medical sector for women who are victims of violence and to introduce programmes in schools to educate parents, teachers and students on how to identify vulnerable students. The bill still needs to be passed through Parliament and the Guardian Council, but it being approved by the executive branch is a huge step for women's rights in Iran. And the etymology of the week, this week's word is oxymoron, which is itself actually an oxymoron. So oxy comes from the Greek word oxus, meaning sharp or keen. Moron <laughs> comes from the Greek moros, meaning foolish. Um, so without further ado, let's get on to Politics Breakdown. Welcome to Politics Breakdown, where Ruby is still trying to recover from the oxymoron bombshell, which Amber has just dropped. Our headline for today is the UK is still insisting that it will not grant the EU ambassador full diplomatic status. So what does this mean? And quite frankly, why do we care? So the U the EU... The EU ambassador represents the EU's interests. So in this case, they are the EU ambassador to the UK. And this means that they only deal with the relationship between our country and the EU. So naturally, in a post-Brexit world, these ties can be quite fraught. And this can really represent the relationship moving forward when ties have been cut. Um, diplomatic status gives ambassadors different rights for the country they're in. So the word diplomatic immunity is used to talk about how ambassadors can't be charged for some crimes when they're working there. So that is a little bit of the background. And why do we care now when, you know, this has obviously been a discussion going on for quite some time? Well, a little bit of someone throwing on some things in the fire was a leak of letters recently showing the EU foreign affairs chief has some serious concerns about the status being given to EU officials in the in the UK. Now, this is an issue which, which is quite likely going to be discussed at the EU Foreign Affairs Council this Monday coming, so it's recorded on Friday, where this is actually going to be the first meeting with foreign ministers since the post-Brexit transition has ended. So our foreign secretary, who's called Dominic Raab, um, has insisted that the EU ambassador has been seen to representing, um, in quotes, an international organisation. But he says that the EU sees itself as a state. And supposedly, this is one of the issues surrounding granting them full diplomatic status. It's not necessarily a problem for everyone else. Um, 142 countries have an EU ambassador under diplomatic status. Um, so the UK looks like an outlier in this, if this um, continues. So what would happen if the EU ambassador wouldn't be granted diplomatic status indefinitely? This would mean that he would lack privileges and immunities 
given to him under the Vienna Convention. Now, what is the Vienna Convention? Very briefly, it's actually known to form the bedrock of diplomacy, and it's been known by nearly every country in the world. So this outlines different rules about diplomatic relations, making sure you have friendly relationships between different states. Um, this could be the economy, culture, and scientific relations. So this really is very important, and we should definitely watch out how this um, creates tension in the future. Oh, thanks, Freya. That was actually really interesting. I didn't um, even hear about that story, but I mean, it's going to have quite an impact, I think. So now on to the political concept, and this week we're going to talk about presidential government. Um, since the US is probably the best known country to have this system, and they've had a change of president on Wednesday. Uh, now is probably a good week to talk about what this system means and how it's quite different to ours. So a presidential government means that the executive branch and legislative branch of government are separate. So the executive are the people who decide what policy should be implemented and take action. So in the UK, that's Boris Johnson and the Conservative Party. And in the US, it's just become Joe Biden. The second part of government, the legislature, are the people who make the laws. So here that's all the MPs in the House of Commons or Congress in the US. So in the UK, we don't have presidential government because both those branches are linked. Boris Johnson is an MP in the House of Commons, but in the US, they're very separate. So what does this really mean? Um, presidential government means that more power is given to fewer people and when you vote for a president there's often a lot more focus on the individual who runs to be president um, than there is on like who would be prime minister in the UK. Um, in terms of power you can kind of see the presidential power by some of the things Biden has actually already done in office. Um, he signed a lot of laws like saying you have to wear a mask on government property so public places um he's ensured that the us is going to rejoin the world health organization and the paris climate agreement and he signed through a new equality act however this can be quite limited in their power because sometimes um the president's party so um Republican or Democrat doesn't control the legislature as well. So while they're separate, it's the same party system in America. So um, the Democrats would need to be controlling the Congress um, if there was a Democratic president to actually get even more things done. Um, this was a problem for Trump in the second half of his presidency um, when the Democrats um, won control of the House. But this shouldn't be a problem for Biden since Democrats, for him, have control of the House and Senate, and he's a Democrat himself. So Biden should be able to get lots of his manifesto through quite quickly. OK, well, that's the end of Politics Breakdown. Now we're going on to our main segment. We're going to be talking about mental health and toxic positivity, a bit of what you can do in lockdown. Um, yeah, so we were sort of quite nervous about making this sort of segment but we thought it was important and especially over lockdown um yeah it's important to talk about um yeah yeah we felt like we were procrastinating i felt like it was you know one of those really annoying essays where you feel like you're meant to do it and you never actually end up getting around to it it was a bit like that um 
and we kind of, you know, started writing it. Had a, and then we thought, no, we don't like it, and we kind of rewrote it and did a bit of a word vomit. So yeah, that is like. Yeah, we've sort of decided to just have a discussion rather than we've got a few talking points, but we thought just keep it keep it real, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, we just we didn't want to be too like preachy, you know, like some people. Well, a lot of the time, I know, I sort of roll my eyes at some mental health talks and things because it's just, you know, the same stuff over and over again. Um, so we're trying to stop that as much as possible. Yeah. Quick disclosure, although no one would mistake us as one, we're not professionals. And just take what we say with a pinch of salt. If you want to seek proper help, there's lots of different channels which we'll link below, which can get you the help that you need. Yeah. So, Amber, do you want to start off with toxic positivity? Yeah, um, so toxic positivity, you've probably heard it a lot before. Um, it's when, or heard about it, so it's when someone believes that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset, so like good vibes only approach to life. Um, but now that we've hit another lockdown, we sort of think it's important to emphasise that it's okay that you know, the banana bread and workout routines aren't necessarily coming out. You just have to take each day at a time. Um, Put the bananas down! <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I just think it's important to just take each day at a time. And even though people are doing really productive things, and don't get me wrong, productive things are great. And if you do that, you do you. But, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as you're, you know doing your homework and whatever if you're just you know watching netflix in your pajamas you know it's not the end of the world you have to yeah. beat yourself up about like each little thing that you're doing yeah and we did a sort of question box on instagram and we got a couple of responses people saying they're going on runs and doing some baking but you know like i did a lot of that in the first well not really going on runs but um in the first lockdown i did quite a bit of baking i started a sourdough starter like everyone else um <laughs> but you know i i think a few weeks into term when we'd actually been back at school i abandoned my sourdough starter and it's now just sitting in the fridge i haven't fed it in months um and i haven't really wanted to in this lockdown because i'm just not feeling it you know <laughs> I find it interesting because I've had kind of the reverse experience where the first lockdown I had zero motivation. I didn't even attempt to, you know, make banana bread or do baking. You know, that was just kind of all thrown out the window. Whereas this one, you know, I don't really have any goals per se or stuff that I'm physically working towards, but I feel better in myself and I kind of, kind of know what I need to do more. And I think it's nice that, now school started back that I have more of kind of a purpose of stuff to do so that's yeah. interesting that we have different experiences yeah although the first lockdown did I lost motivation for like schoolwork and stuff I think in particular because GCSEs were cancelled and things mm -hmm. and there was so much uncertainty um and I know the year 11s now are probably going through a similar thing yeah um, shout out to the year 11s <laughs> yeah we're rooting for you yeah we are um but i think also in this lockdown everyone's like sort of parents and things are, are sort of not expecting more but it it feels like because it's a second or even third lockdown 
it just feels like maybe we should be doing something more productive because it's becoming more normal. Like the first one, it was sort of, it felt okay to lose motivation because it was so unnatural. But I think we just have to remember that it's still unnatural. Um, like I, you know, I haven't been out in a week. Well, actually I went out on Wednesday, it's all right. But um, yeah, it's like once a week maybe. But yeah. you know, like, yeah, exercise is important, but I can't bring myself to leave the house. So, you know. We've made like a little list of other things to do in lockdown. So we've got stuff like Netflix, going out on a walk, calling a friend because you know calling still out there not just texting start pen palling which i tried to do in the first lockdown it didn't end well because i kind of forgot about it but uh i think pen palling you know putting up the old pen and paper might be quite fun that sounds really exciting i saw that on the dock earlier and i i thought oh that's quite fun i just don't i love writing letters it's quite fun i don't know who i'd write one to what about you write one to me? Yeah, that's true. I could. But it's what, you know, you hear, like, sort of in movies and stuff, it's like people who connected with, like, a random person. Sort of major safeguarding issue. But I, you know, like... <laughs> they did that in the war, you know, like, um, yeah. mailing people to, like, find a lover. And that's kind of how the first... It was. It was kind of, like pre-online dating but they didn't know yeah. each other but they hooked up on the like a pen paling system that's quite cool yeah anyway the other things we had were like join a club things like that um listening to music uh we had a question box on instagram as well that was what do you do when you feel low and we had one response that was listening to british rock i thought it's very fun seems quite cathartic i love it yeah yeah, that's great. Um, other cathartic music choices, um, sad musical songs. You know, the ones where people are really like in their feels and they, you know, <laughs> make you cry. Um, <laughs> the ones that like concern your parents when they walk in to you listening to them. Um, but yeah, like sad movies, sad um music i love a good remember it's a balance it's okay not to feel okay but make sure that if you're not feeling great make sure you tell someone a trusted adult maybe a friend just to make sure that you know everyone has their sad moments but you know it's always good to check in with other people so uh amber and i were talking about asking people twice yeah there was a I saw a campaign, I think it was on Instagram. It was more for men's mental health, but I think it applies to everyone. Like, you know, you ask someone if they're all right and it's a sort of autopilot conversation. You're like, Yeah, I'm I'm fine. But you know, if you take the time to like ask again, if you know, even if you're you haven't had any signals that they're not okay or anything, um, but particularly it, particularly if you think they're you know, you think something's wrong. Um just take a bit of time, you know, just a second. You sure you're all right kind of thing. Like, I think it makes all the difference. Yeah, and it's also really good to check up on your friends and it doesn't matter, you know, they could be doing fine and they're still, you know, they're doing fine. It's nice to have the conversation anyway. Uh, mm. You know, every so often call them up and just go, how are you doing? You know, have a purpose in mind just to check in and chat and I think that's quite fun. 
Okay, so I've just realised we've sort of brushed over toxic positivity and that's sort of the whole point of the section. Um, so we can go back if we want to. Um, so yeah, you. why is toxic positivity bad, I think is what we should say. Um, so like phrases in toxic positivity are sort of like, it could be worse, be grateful for what you have, which is like all fine. Um until you sort of until that starts to like invalidate people's feelings and like you know because it's all subjective yeah i think everything in moderation because i think gratitude and you know positivity are great tools to kind of like help combat negative feelings but you know sometimes when negative feelings persist that's not the right port of call to go to straight away um, and I think especially, you know, the pressure to feel happy all the time or, you know, to bring people up all the time and, you know, not allow bad feelings to be talked about breeds quite a negative culture um, in society. And we need to, you know, make sure that it's okay if you're down and dumps once in a while because we all feel like that. Yeah. I think there's also people often say, like, you know, oh, you can't be feeling depressed, you can't be feeling anxious because you're not clinically diagnosed with depression or an anxiety disorder. And there is, you know, like you can feel depressed without being clinically depressed. That like, there's a difference. And I think like saying that you can't without being clinically diagnosed is really invalidating and probably not yeah, not okay, and I think we need to change that. Yeah, not all mental health is bad mental health. Like, everyone has mental health as they do have physical health. And mm. if they have, you know, bouts of anxiety, it's like no one's getting, you know, getting on WikiHow and trying to self-diagnose themselves. You know, they just want to, to feel that comfort and that support um, mm. and making sure that, you know everyone's feeling secure in themselves yeah it's like you mentioned like physical health and stuff that's sort of you know sometimes you might wake up one day and you've got an ache in your shoulder it's like you know but that and that's normal people aren't saying oh you need to get that diagnosed you know it's like you <laughs> no you can't have an ache in your shoulder because are you, you sure are you, you have sure a you are? shoulder yeah so, yeah <laughs> i think that's you know if we think it think about it more like that i mean obviously you know our one little radio show isn't going to change <laughs> everything about the world but positive mindset albert anything could happen <laughs> yep anything could happen um but yeah i think just the sort of because physical health and mental health are so similar really like in ways and they affect each other obviously as well <laughs> it's hard because you know people always talk about all oh, the stigma of mental health but you know it is so apparent you know if you get a broken arm you're gonna go to the doctor but mm. if you feel really upset about something you might not talk to anyone and sometimes you need to talk to the experts you know maybe go to a counselor or a gp or kind of whatever you need to go get the help you need you not go i'm gonna fix this broken arm by myself yeah. Because I clearly, I clearly have the the knowledge that I need. 
know, I clearly have a medical degree or like, you know, or for this one, like a psychology degree, you know, yeah. you don't have to go out and equip the facts on your own. And probably you'd probably first go to a friend or someone you'd trust and say, you know, my leg hurts or my arm hurts. So, you know, like talk to people you trust, I think is a really key thing. Because also, you know, then if it's a sort of, you can sort out, it, like talking it through with someone can help, like sorting it out whether or not it's something that, you know, is serious and is like persistent, you know, like, yeah, you can sort that out with someone um, rather than just in your head where you can sort of, you know, you end up spiralling sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Two and just, indeed they are um yeah I think just taking the time as well for yourself like if it's not some, well even if it is something sort of clinically diagnosed like just if you're feeling anxious or depressed or whatever just you know taking a bit of rest like you would for a achy ankle you know <laughs> like just yeah be kind to yourself yeah because <laughs> everyone has up days and that's the idea of kind of perfection which people strive for that you know you know someone once told me never going to be perfect so you might as well just stop trying <laughs> <laughs> which is a heavy-handed way of saying <laughs> that you know perfection is you know you can't get you can't be a hundred percent amazing all the time or really ever so you might as well just keep toddling along yeah and just try your best yeah and even if one day you don't want to try your best and you just want to lie in bed all day or even you know maybe that is the best you can do that day that's fine you know like it's not everything is an achievement if you make it one again i'm going back to it i'm obsessed banana bread okay not to be all end all if you wake up and even get dressed before um what's it called form time whoa you've already wow. beaten me on most days so yeah. i would say you know just getting dressed before your lessons or you know maybe it's very low standards or you know yeah. finishing netflix show still an achievement yeah it is it really is um yeah it's all sort of subjective and even like it's subjective based on how you're feeling that day you know one day getting up and getting dressed might be you know an incredible achievement and another day you think oh well you know why why was I so obsessed with getting up and getting dressed why was that such a big achievement you know I've gone and I don't know done my homework kind of thing like you know it, it depends how you're feeling that day um yeah um I've put in a little document, I was doing research for this um, topic and I thought, you know what, sometimes crying is a good thing. And I thought, you know, because people, people often say like, it's fine, cry, you know, let it all out, whatever. And I thought, well, why is that actually? I thought, you know, the biologist in me was thinking this. Um, so I did look up the scientific benefits of crying. Freya's been laughing at me. <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, the humanitarian in me is 
loving this science of the tear ducts. Yeah. Um, so crying is actually self-soothing because um, it causes the body to release hormones, um, oxytocin and endorphins, which are happy hormones, if you didn't know. Um, and they help to ease both physical and emotional pain, which is a good thing. Um, and also stress hormones are released in tears, which is good because it reduces stress. Um, and also, this isn't the main benefit. And yeah, <laughs> I wanted to say this without saying that crying is attention seeking because it's not. Um, but crying is an, in- an attachment behavior. So you know how babies cry to like alert their mothers that something's wrong. Basically, we're programmed to cry so that we can get support from our community, which I thought was quite nice. Why are we like so many animals that like use crying as in like an emotional thing? Because most, isn't it mostly to get like the dust and stuff out of your eyes? Biologist Amber. <laughs> well, I suppose like when your eyes water is a sort of like getting the dust out your eyes, and your eyes are always sort of wet. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, in your eyes while you cry. Yeah, there, there is a difference between like crying and sort of. I don't know. Yeah, but I think other animals do sort of do a similar thing, and that maybe that's more the sort of attracting support and things from the community. You know, like dogs howling or like yowling I don't know yelping whatever it is um like a lot of animals do that like you can tell when an animal's sort of in so yeah anyway so you know having a little cry is fine or even a big cry it's fine um you know I find watching sad movies and sad tv shows therapeutic uh, <laughs> we have a good cry and it's cathartic um yeah. But yeah, but obviously if it's too much or you feel like the crying is sort of getting in the way of things that you're doing or you can't continue with your day-to-day activities, obviously then please do get help. It's, yeah, it's a balancing act between all of this and that's what we were discussing when we were writing this segment is that, you know, it's, it's all a balance between being productivity Penelope with her banana bread and workout runs and sad Susie <laughs> who might may need some help. So, you know, weird analogies aside where I just created two characters in my head. Just make sure that you're keeping an eye and checking in with yourself as well as people around you. Yeah. Um so just a few people you can talk to obviously someone you trust and you'll have heard this countless times probably but someone you trust we have school counsellors at school um who are very sort of confidential and cut off from school life so and they're still operating in lockdown so Mm -hmm. make sure if you can contact they haven't gone away yeah um and also you can talk to your gp if you have some real concerns and um helplines you know whether it's a crisis line or whether it's just sort of a regular i don't know mental health helpline um 
yeah. yeah we'll, we'll pop them in the description and if you guys need to they're always there um yeah. but yeah i think that you know keeping an eye on yourself and other people it's always a good thing yeah that's about it um we just thought we'd do a quick shout out uh to <laughs> um producer alex and uh zara in year 12 have a book club now for years 10 to 13 there's an introductory session next friday and we have insider knowledge from the book club uh the first book is capture in the rye oh getting all your exclusives here from the radio um yeah and tune in next week for an interview and games with mr cheney yeah yeah you go yeah no he's very kindly our supervisor for the radio um so sort of honorary interview yeah and as always, follow us on Instagram, drop us an email or DM us. Make sure to let us know your achievements in lockdown, big or small. No banana bread shaming here. And we will shout them out as many yep. as we can. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.